Let's do it. I don't remember the intro. You have to do that. I'll do it. I'll make it up. All right. Okay. Uh, welcome. I guess we're going. Is yeah. It? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was recording. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. All right, what's up? This is Brainlax, the podcast. We're on episode three. Brainlax is a podcast designed for people maybe with creative block or who are trying to find new ideas to get some inspiration. So this is just, or if you're commuting to work or you got nothing to do and you just want to listen to two people talk about stuff, hey, here's one of a million podcasts to add to your register. But it should be the one in a million podcast. That's exactly right. Yeah. We, if life is a haystack, we are a needle, which is Right, Probably sitting on the want to be. sitting on the top. I'm yeah, gonna keep yeah. on trying to save these analogies. <laughs> yes, these are brilliant analogies. Write them down, children. So yeah, Brainlax is a it's an unpolished podcast by unpolished people, but it's just an opportunity to listen to some ideas and hopefully shake things up creatively and get some new ideas for your work. Yep. All right. So today we have a couple, two or three different topics we're gonna try to cover. We'll see. We'll words. We'll see if we can get to all of them, but. We're just going to jump right into this. So what we're going to talk about today is problematic artist. This is surrounding the conversation of uh, Mr. Uh, I don't know what to call him. Kanye Mr. West. West. Yeah, Mr. West. Yeezy. Yay. Jesus. All the names that he came up with for himself. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into Bonavere. And then I forgot the third topic. So we'll just see if it comes up again. It might not be that important if I forgot it. That might be my fault, though. But anyways, uh, starting with this conversation about problematic artists, um, I think the main thing that I wanted to know was how you feel about like consuming art from like artists that first have a different view from you, an opposing view that you don't hold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, because there's two there's two parts to the conversation. There's yeah. like people you disagree with, and then there's people who have like are problematic in the sense that you know they've done wrong like they've done things yeah. that you say that that thing is wrong and i i i have to denounce it so can i still you know financially or even just in spirit support you by being around the culture of what you're doing yeah so i'll say first off if if it's you know not someone who's problematic just somebody who has a different viewpoint than me i i love that like um uh, lupe fiasco is uh what this is religion. I want to say he is Muslim. Am, am I right on that? Is he Muslim? Yeah, I think he's Muslim. It's just started bringing up for a second, but you're back. We're oh, okay. Just, so sorry. Yeah, you were saying Lupe Fiasco. We're, he's Muslim. Yeah, it's like, I was talking about Lupe Fiasco. So I'm not Muslim. Um, I believe he's Muslim. I'm pretty uh, sure he is. Yeah, I've heard him talk about his faith a little. And I'm not. Like, I, I, I don't believe what he believes. But my goodness, how valuable is it to hear his perspective and listen to what's mm-hmm. happening? Now, Lupe Fiasco isn't, as far as I know, problematic. Then on the other side of the spectrum, you have, we'll just go, we'll just go clearly to the other side of the spectrum and take like Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey is problematic in the sense that like he is a sexual predator and we're discovering now that there've been decades of misconduct that is just blatantly wrong. And it goes against, you know, maybe he's been in films that are beautiful or have, have mm-hmm. been emotionally impactful and been, you know, his 
its art maybe in ways has been positive um, or, or, or positive at least in the sense of maybe even the art can denounce negative things. Like you watch mm -hmm. House of Cards and I would say that show doesn't in any way glorify uh, malignant politicians. If anything, it, it denounces them by portraying them. But he, he himself is living the opposite of that, right? Um, he's not living a life that actually denounces corruption. He's a predator. So, yeah. like, Although, then you have that. What was on the, the movie? Other side. What was the movie? Sorry about that. No, go ahead. But what was the movie he was in where, like, he was like attracted to his like teenage daughter's best friend or something? Oh gosh, I don't know. What movie was that? Uh, it was some like American something or something. I don't know, but there was some movie where that was the premise of it, and it was like, what? I mean, it's not really. <laughs> it's not really foreshadowing. Right. But it's very close, and it's like, ugh. Yeah. But I will say, here's here's my opinion mm -hmm. um, regarding that. For me personally, I think you have to do one thing first, which is assess the situation. With any with anything that's exposed, um, whether it's really bad or maybe you look at it and say, I think that's mild, you need to listen to the victims, you need yeah. to go read what they're saying, and you need to listen to the potential uh, abuser or, or whatever, uh, the whatever misconduct has happened. You need to listen to both sides and really read and, and research and try and figure out what's happening. Like mm -hmm. Aziz Ansari, I think is a great example where I read, Yeah, I read this girl's statement I, I and I, I thought, okay, I need to listen to this and hear what's going on. Even though I love Aziz, I need to like really process this. And then I need to listen to Aziz. I need to read what what is happening on both sides. And you have to, I think you really need to step back from the art and assess the situation and say, what's happening here? And then, in my opinion, you have to set up for yourself personal boundaries. Like, what are mm -hmm. the things that I don't support? What are the things that are uh, not just different or not just like I think they're wrong, but they're like heinous? You know, it's yeah. Gosh, that's something I really can never, in any way, be a part of. Um, and those are the people who I think you need to stop. Um, at minimum, you need to stop in spirit supporting the stuff they've done. For, the, for this reason, it's both, uh, well, there's many, I'm not a victim of um, sexual abuse like so many people are in these situations. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm speaking from a place of like privilege, having, you know, not experienced this. I don't know all sides of the issue, but I, I do legitimately uh, believe that it's really, man, how hurtful is it to someone who is a victim to see someone like their abuser be continue to be appreciated or continue to be discussed even separate from that issue and people trying um, to like defend them and be like no it's not like that and stuff like that yeah even if you read like if you read let's take the Aziz story um you you read through it and maybe you say to yourself uh i i think it's fine or i think it's a miscommunication or whatever so i'm i'm gonna continue with this if you meet someone who says that was so triggering for me. Like I read that and that was hurtful. Don't say to that person, no, it's fine. Here's my, here's what I came out yeah. with. Just listen and just, and 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 it's not your place then to, to defend someone who's potentially legitimately an abuser. Um, you need to just, <laughs> if you've come to a different con uh, uh, conclusion, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But don't just try and convince people that, oh, you, you shouldn't care about that. Or you shouldn't be triggered by that. Yeah. And then, like, on my aspect, <clears throat> I think the two examples I'll use are Kanye and R. Kelly. So, for me, 
Um, Kanye, up to this point, he's the only thing he's done is say ignorant things and nothing really bad action-wise has come out about him. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't just write somebody off personally just because they have a different opinion, just like you. Um, I mean, I, I grew up Christian, but I um, I remember I was a kid. I read parts of the Quran, Quran just because I was curious. I've always yeah. been curious about opposing views from mine. But um, so like that was a situation where even when he started doing some of the stuff, it made me feel like I should stop listening to it. But then just debating about it, it was like this is not even the worst thing he's done that I don't agree with personally. Mm-hmm. So like it's just that I'm more sensitive about this certain like about his comments. And then on the flip side of him, we have uh, Mr. What's his name? R. Kelly, who I have. I mean, I probably got this from my dad because he just wrote off R. Kelly quickly. Like, just growing up, mm-hmm. my dad was always like, no to R. Kelly because he's a terrible person. R. Kelly. <laughs> so I just never really got into his music. And just seeing people that still listen to his music to me is like, like this man, like, like he's a predator. Like, yeah, he is attracted to underage girls and he keeps on going for them. And then like the more recent stuff that people kind of like just ignore with him like having basically what people described as a cult is like like people are still yes. going to his concerts there has recently been a trend of people stopping trying to like do what was it like there's a hashtag on twitter about cancel r kelly or something like that right um but i mean i don't know how far that went and for some people it's probably only like the internet moves so fast it's probably only like what like a couple days and then they were done and they forgot of course i don't yeah. know how actively people are listening to r kelly now but that's where my situation is because it's kind of like the same thing where he like r kelly did something that i don't agree with kanye just has a different view that i don't agree with and then even in some of his comments it was kind of like you just said this and didn't even think about it the majority mm-hmm. of kanye's actions have been not thinking what not really looking at the broader aspect of it just looking at one aspect of some situation and just making a statement and then thinking back from his statement to the broad aspect after he's made the statement which is a terrible idea makes yeah you, it makes you seem really dumb yeah i like to um with I, I think it's so important that you made that distinction between thought versus action yeah um because I think the, another distinction that occurs there is the opportunity for change and improvement. Mm-hmm. So uh, with thought, I, uh, you, you look at these interviews with Kanye, like he is, uh, I would say, uninformed, unaware yep. Yep. Um, on some issues, maybe even uneducated, not like dumb uneducated, yep, but just uneducated just, on topics and stuff. Right. He hasn't been researching it because he's Kanye and he's like, he lives literally in a, in a <laughs> he lives in a bubble. Yeah, he's he's a multimillionaire living in a house with Kim Kardashian, like living his life. So he's not reading up on like the border wall and politics and and even the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, like because he doesn't he doesn't have to. And so I think he just there's so many areas where he's unaware. And so Mm -hmm. the thought where he's in like these TMZ interviews throwing out like, here's my thought um, and it gets shot down and discussed. if, if that's a situation where you say, if you're that ignorant, you know, you're canceled to me, that's totally cool. Like, I get yeah. that. That you, But uh, for me personally, I think if someone's demoing ideas, that's mm-hmm. an opportunity for conversation. It's also opportunity to 
like bring them over to my side. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that I'm going to have that conversation with Kanye, but in my personal life, I meet people who say, uh, this is what I think about, you know, this aspect of women in the workplace. And it's something that I view as problematic, uh, but they haven't acted on it yet. They haven't made decisions that I think are actually like mm -hmm. illegal or inappropriate. They're just in their head kind of having these debates and demoing these ideas to me. Uh, first of all, you know, check the situation, make sure everything's good. Um, but if it's just someone saying like, I'm confused because I think maybe, you know, if someone says something as dumb as like, I think women aren't as biologically equipped to be CEOs, um, that could just be a person who's uneducated. Like, yeah. talk with them about it. Because maybe they just need the right articles and the right research. They haven't, maybe they haven't heard the entire debate. And once they literally just sit down and read an article and read some statistics and some discussions, they'll start to understand the issue and, and yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. your point about thought versus action i think is important yeah and also um i think that it's kind of dangerous to be in an echo chamber of everything of people agreeing with you mm. at the same time because what ends up happening then is you end up becoming that uninformed person because you only hear the people you only hear your side of the view of the perspective and that's basically even though it's not the this isn't uh, I'm about to pull. I'm about to pull a Kanye and just say something before I thought about it and think it backwards after I made the statement. <laughs> but that's kind of like what Kanye has been living in. He's been living in an echo chamber of the same thoughts, sort of. Um, I'm sure if I dissect this after the fact, it's not gonna be the same thing. But he's been living in a certain echo chamber where he hears certain things, and nobody's really pressing back on his ideas. So then, when he comes to the public and makes those statements, then you get the reaction of being like whoa like what who like what is going on in his mind yeah but i mean ti spoke to him too and he like i saw the i saw an interview where ti was talking about how after kanye did a lot of the stuff he had a conversation with him and he was like asking kanye questions and kanye was like oh i haven't thought of that yeah and he was actually realizing that some of the things he was doing were counterproductive to what he wanted to accomplish yeah but um then right after that he went on tmz so everything was undone <laughs> yeah yeah so the point i think the i think at the end of the day every person for themselves needs to listen to every side of the issue hear everything that's happening and you, you have to figure out where your moral boundaries are and and stick to them like for me there are a lot of people i'm i'm really disappointed to discover their actions but they are canceled to me like i do not financially or in attitude support them um yeah, and I guess for me, that kind of my final yeah. thought on this is every every second you spend uh, talking or thinking about or supporting, uh, um, again, even just in spirit conversation, a problematic person, that's an opportunity that you could spend dissecting or promoting or, or giving thought to somebody who's underappreciated. Um, like it's so clear that in every industry they've just been dominated by uh, men who are not being held accountable and yeah. so like there are so many women who absolutely deserve the spotlight so to me it's like okay is this person problematic uh, I'm gonna assess it I'm gonna look at this maybe and simply because it's maybe what are the other artists that are underappreciated that I should be giving thought to because yeah. I, they deserve it. Like they, they've gone unrecognized for far too long. Yeah, and even with that, even like just non-problematic artists, 
Um, like for example, people have been talking about how great um, Childish Gambino is, Donald Glover, which I totally agree, he's an amazing artist. He's one of my favorite artists, but at the same time, you have artists like Janelle Monet, who has mm. basically been doing the exact same thing as him, but not getting half as much recognition. But she also won yeah. two, did she win one or two Oscars? She won an Oscar for Moonlight. And then I think she may have gotten another one. So she's just as accomplished at the at the at the arts as Donald Glover. Yeah. But then just because Donald Glover is a man, people look at him and they're talking about, oh, this is how great he is. And it's like, hey, like she's right here doing the exact same thing. Possibly, arguably, like just depending on opinions, she might be doing better too. Yeah. Cause like I'm not actually. We're, I'm, yeah, I brought I brought Donald Glover back into this still recurring thing. I don't think he made once it an last, episode. Yeah, I don't think he made it into the la- edit of the last episode because we talked about um, Han Solo. Um, I'm gonna release the review later. I just have to edit it a little bit, but I'm gonna definitely be putting that out. Hopefully, sometime this week. Stay tuned for the Brain Lax review of the Solo movie. Yes. But yeah, no, I think you're right. I, and the, part of it too is uh, maybe even as a listener, you're totally uh, n- not discriminating, uh, mm-hmm. maybe consciously or subconsciously, but it's just what the industry feeds you. So, I mean, the only reason Donald Glover is where he is now is because at the very beginning of his career, uh, Tina Fey was able to hire him and NBC had this new like affirmative action grant that made him as an employee much cheaper at NBC. And you think about the fact that like finally the industry made a decision to say, you know what? Black people have been underrepresented in the writer's room. Yeah. So we're gonna actually make some financial decisions to make it easier for them to be in the writer's room. And at the time, there were a lot of people saying, that's dumb. You know, just, yeah, like, just always, hire yeah. the, the quote, best person for the job. But like clearly Donald Glover was the best person for the job. Look at him now. But they had to make that decision to kind of start to right these yeah. systemic wrongs. So I don't yeah. know, I think again, as a listener, you might just listen to kind of what the industry is giving you, which is totally fine. But take the time yeah. when these things happen, like realize, oh, you know what? I could take a little bit of time, research what's going on. And like, yeah, like Janelle Monet is killing it. And there are plenty of other um, underrepresented performers who are just on top of their game. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that is that topic somewhat somewhat it is serious it's a very serious topic that we kind of started out with um but we're gonna go on to a lighter topic so um what was it yesterday zach had the opportunity to experience one of my favorite artists and his bon live in person in the rain so let's talk about that how was that experience dude it was crazy good um First of all, uh, he has that song where he says uh, Moonwater a bunch of times. I forget what the name of it mm-hmm. is. Is that on the new name. album? You know, I don't I'm... know. Uh, like every song of his to me is like distinct and good and I love it, but I can never rem- remember their names. Me too. Um, <laughs> it, it's like, I know all these songs. I just, first of all, you titled them like symbols from the third page of a downloadable keyboard. Like oh, this yeah. is in English. <laughs> um, what is this, like ASCII text or something? Yeah. But anyway, uh, right when he started singing that song, it started raining, which was like just this weird, cool experience. 
And then later he starts singing this song, um, and I forget what the line is, but it's something about lightning, and the graphic on screen is like a lightning bolt that starts to yeah. play when like on the drum hits, and lightning strikes only during <laughs> that song. It was like that's crazy. It was like he, they like sat backstage and were like, oh, yep, lightning's coming right now. Let's go play. Okay, song. we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait out to the storm. Yeah, the exact but it was album. no. It was good. It was it was the only concert I've ever felt like I could play a board game at. Like it was so chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just it, like. By the way, no that song hype. is that song is Twenty One Moonwater. Oh, he actually got that one Moonwater. Okay. Yeah, I thought it sounded like that was one of the titles that I recognized, but I wasn't hundred percent certain. Yeah, that one's good. Um, yeah, no, no, no. It was it was really chill. They didn't like hype it. They weren't like, oh, no, coming from backstage. It's Justin Vernon. It was just like. They came out, they played their music, and it was it was solid. But it made me, I would say the, the big thing it made me appreciate, like mm -hmm. as a, if I could encapsulate the whole thing, I just love that he has gotten um, popular enough, he's gotten listened to enough that even for this weird project that isn't super like pop or whatever, mm -hmm. he has the finances and the means to do the project to the fullest. Um, yeah. Like he had a brass section playing Ooh. live with them. Yeah. Did he have and Did he have the effects on the brass section too? Because there were sections where did. they were in the album, or like they ran them through a harmonizer. And yes. They so I know exactly what he did, but that's just because I do music stuff and I have some of the software that he has because I bought that software because he had the software. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah, so like I saw some settings and stuff and it was like, oh, so that's how he got that sound. Yeah, so it's not. Go ahead. So he had a brass section. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. And it, it made me really appreciate the fact that something weird, if I can say weird on the spectrum of things, mm -hmm. like has the, the backing and the listener base to just do it to the fullest. Yeah. Um, I just love like he's got a guy up there playing sax. And can you hear me? Did I cut out? Um, it did a little bit, but I heard most of what you said. He said that he had a guy playing sax. He can do it to the extent, to the fullest. I kind yeah. of put those out of order, well, well, but yeah. You're fine. The point is, I love that somebody who has a unique style and a unique sound is able to really put together the ultimate version of that idea, you know, and have a dude playing sax play into, I can only assume it was a vocoder and, and create these unique kind of sound experiences um and it not just be like uh you know taylor swift doing a pop song with fireworks behind it uh which is great you know good for her yeah. but i love i love seeing the resources spent and crafted in a way that that is unique it, yeah it was great it was really cool yeah i definitely want to see bonavere live at some point in my life before Justin decides, well, it's time to move on to something else. Because I'm pretty sure he came from another band, didn't he? He had a, a project called Volcano Choir. Yeah. And he did. He said Bonnie Iver was done like six years ago. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have worked with Kanye then because yeah. <laughs> he just like opened up his whole career. Exactly. So, yeah. but it was good. It's a, it's a great, I'll say it's a great show to not spend a lot of money on because it's not this like, come on down to the front. Oh, you know, say that it, one more it, time. It just did this weird distortion thing. Oh, okay. Um, I will say about the show, it's it's a great one to like sit in the back row. Like if you, you know, you're like looking what to spend tickets on, money on your tickets. Um, 
spend 30 bucks and just sit in the back row because it's a very musically focused show. Mm -hmm. So you can sit anywhere and really appreciate uh, the, the, the breadth of what's happening. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so that was Bonavere. Like I said, I want to go see him live. Um, I think another thing... Indianapolis um, or Chicago again, we can go together. Wait, what'd you say? I said if he comes to Indianapolis or Chicago again, we can go oh, together. Yeah, or I could, I could come to Columbus if he does that. Yeah, I have to watch him closely to see when he has shows. Um, yeah. Just a question for you. How did you actually find out about Bonavere? Like, were you As just an artist? like, yeah? Uh, oh man, this is embarrassing. I used to make a lot of YouTube videos, and okay. this girl I followed. What was her channel name? Her channel name was like Molly something, and she posted a video, and it was like, <coughs> pardon me. She posted a video of her and like a friend going hiking, and the the, the soundtrack to the video was a Bonnie Vera song. I was like, this mm -hmm. is killer. And that's it. And then I, there we go. Then I started listening. To okay, cool. Mine actually ties into the beginning of this conversation, this whole podcast episode. Uh, Kanye, because <laughs> he actually sampled Bonavere on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I think it was yep. second to last song on the album, Lost in the World. There we go. So I heard that and I just liked how it sounded and I've always been into finding what people sampled and listening to it. That's how I found a lot of the artists I like because like artists just have like artists like hip hop puts you on to some other genres. Yeah. Which is what I like about it. Yeah. But um, I was listening to it and it was just like, oh, this is interesting. And then I found out that it was like an actual band with a full song and then I listened to it and it just blew my mind hearing him do those things with his voice because he uses a harmonizer and auto-tune together. And ever since then, I've been obsessed with doing different things with my voice when I do music. Mm. Yeah, which actually speaking of that, um, I'm not, I wouldn't really cons I wouldn't really consider myself much of a vocal artist because I kind of do stay more in the back end of things. But I am actually about to be working on a project um, where I will be doing some vocal stuff. I don't know how much I should say I should say about it because I don't know if it'll actually happen because sometimes I say I'm gonna do something right. like that. Like I have to really be feeling the artist, the vocal artist, performer aspect of everything for me to actually do it. And right now, for the past few days, I've been feeling that, but that might change. So yeah, but I've been experimenting with different ways to use my voice on some ideas for tracks. So. We'll see if I can make a hip-hop version of Bon Iver that doesn't sound like Kanye. Hopefully. That would be Fingers awesome. crossed. Actually, I need to send you actually one of the songs that I did. It's not, no, it's nowhere near done. It's literally just the beat and then the chorus that I had. I did this last night. I just recorded some vocals. It doesn't have any of the effects I just talked about, but I do have some random 30 second loop that I sent to my girlfriend where I was using auto-tune and singing in falsetto. And it sounded pretty interesting. Yes, send it to me. Yeah, let me actually, let's, uh, let me get your reaction live. If I can oh, yeah. find it. I don't know where I put it. Um, I'm gonna send it on iMessage if that works for you. Yep. It's the most Hit efficient me. way to do this. Uh, let's see, where is that? Rewind to yesterday. Um. 
Okay, here we go. Oh, I sent it to my girlfriend again. That was an accident. <laughs> okay, here we go. Third time's the charm. Second time, technically. All right, it should come through any second. I don't even remember what it sounds like because it was late at night when I did this. So I might actually have to listen to it to see what I sound like. All right, it just came through. I'm gonna pull it up. Here we go. All right, take me away. All right, I'm listening to it now. Here it is. Nice. Yeah. That is good. That has that, um, it has that sound of when something's, you're not sure if it's a really distorted voice or a really interesting synth, which I love. Yeah. I was, yeah. And I don't know if I'm actually going to do anything with it. I might just drop it in the end of this podcast just so that people can hear it so that they can, because I might put this segment in. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, um, that was just me experimenting with like my voice. I had figured out those chord progressions um, because I've been trying to find new chord progressions and I was just doing random stuff with my voice sitting here in front of my mic with a doing falsetto voices and recording it like, ah, what's it sound like? I love that. That is good. Yep. And it's only a minute long and it has no point other than just I put it together. I was experimenting. I did an idea. Uh, I was taking ideas from Bonavere, Frank Ocean. Bonavere and Frank Ocean. Yeah, so those are probably two of my favorite artists. So I was just like experimenting with seeing how that worked out. Like the drums are more like a Frank Ocean type drums. Yeah, I can hear that. It's good. It also feels like something that, um, I mean, it could be like a solid intro outro, but it also feels like you could do um, like an interesting, like a slower, maybe not a rap, but like a spoken word or just a thought kind of like halfway through a record you know yeah speaking of that uh Kanye started out his album talking about how he thought about killing you today yeah that was <laughs> unique did you listen to it uh I did I listened to it I need I haven't I haven't listened to it enough times to give it a, like a review oh I yeah that's fine over and over to, yeah. I I I have been listening to it a little bit not a lot not as much as I typically would but I have been listening to it like I listened to it all the way through and then I was kind of just like jumping around listening to songs again yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we might do a review of it. You never know. Maybe you never not. know what could happen. Yeah. So, what was our final topic for today? I never remembered again. Oh shoot. Yeah, I should have wrote it down. All I have is the problematic artist and Bonavere notes, and then I started talking because I talked too much. And yeah. Well. Before we wrap up, I have uh, two things to add that people should go check out if they can. Oh, yeah. We still have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what um, The first is my friend Joe Boffman, who, I, you know, I just realized that you're only going to be able to see this if you're friends with, on him, with him on Facebook. Um, so I'm sorry, the world. But he... <laughs> A friend of mine, he built, this is real, he built his own lenses. Um, so he does a lot of videos for like bands and he, he sent a couple of promos for like Questlove and The Roots. 
Um, and his stuff is real good. Yeah, he's real good. He did a video for Sufjan that is stellar. So you okay. can look up all of his work. Yeah, Joe Boffman, J-O-E-B-A-U-G-H-M-A-N. He's got like a Vimeo or a YouTube and you can watch all his music videos. But he literally bought like some pieces of glass and some like lens mounts and he built these lenses mm. that make the just take the trippiest photos um it is real cool stuff uh so anyway there's that <laughs> that you can't look at <laughs> but you should you should look up the concept though of building your own lenses because people have made some really cool stuff with literally just two little like they'll they'll just use pieces of glass and tape and and build crap that is just it, it, they'll stick it on these expensive camera bodies and it's just it's really unique yeah um, so yeah there's a I google search for pictures. you I'm curious yeah just google like um, I think if you google homemade lens mm -hmm. um, you can start to see some interesting stuff um, but then the other thing that people should check out there's a short film on Vimeo called looking for something mm -hmm. and and it's 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 this short little animated short about this guy who's well he's looking for something uh, and it, it is just visually immaculate it's real quirky it's real fun it's only like a four minute watch but if you are in a creative rut this is absolutely the short film to watch it is just the perfect little like take a breath put on headphones make it full screen and just watch this sipping a cup of coffee um, it is a great, great, great piece of art to consume. Okay. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, I'm going to watch that. Um, question, did he ever find something? You got to watch the video to find out. Okay. I just wanted to know if it was like waiting for Godot or not. <laughs> Which, spoiler alert, if you've never seen Waiting for Godot or Wet Red the play or whatever, um, Godot never shows up. Spoiler. Just to save you some time. If you're waiting for good, it's a rough time. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So I think the interesting thing that I saw, um, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Um, I saw the, I saw the artwork. This why I feel like I might have a problem because everything for me today has revolved around Kanye. But um, I saw the <laughs> artwork for. Kanye and Kid Cudi's album, I think it's Kids Who See Ghost, that's the name of their album that's coming out next week. They just okay. posted the artwork and it's done by, what's his name, Takashi, I can't remember how to say his, Murakami? Oh yeah, who do, he's in a lot of Kanye stuff. Yeah, so I just like how that, it looks like a water painting. Um, oh wow, this is so good. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it for myself so I can look at it again. But I just really like the aesthetic of it. Man, that is really good. Like it, I don't know. He's probably one of my favorite visual artists. Yeah. Um. Also put onto him by Kanye. Uh, yeah. Kanye has shown me a lot of stuff that's outside of just hip hop. So that is like half of half of Kanye's thing is curation. Like he can oh, yeah. find and publicize the best artists. Oh yeah, like his whole approach to production is like completely like DJ Khaled on steroids. Yeah. Like DJ Khaled gets a whole bunch of just different like hip hop producers and just different stuff in that realm. 
And then mm-hmm. Kanye is like, let me go get this guy that sings with these harmonizer effects in this weird genre. Mix him with this kid from Cleveland that croons on songs. <laughs> and then get Rick Ross. <laughs> yeah. All on the same album. And it works. Yeah. It's he's that's I probably that's why he's so intriguing to me, because like just his his artistic eye is what draws my attention to his work because it's not one dimensional mm-hmm. it's there's so many layers to everything that he does from just the production to the way that he promotes his albums like his tours are his tours have are an experience where you can go to a to a tour for um 808 and heartbreaks and have one experience and then go back a year later when he does the um when he does his tour for um my beautiful director was a fantasy and it's completely different go back again for yeezus it's completely different it's just always reinvented and it's not just oh i'm here on a stage performing he makes it yeah. a whole experience so he's kind of who i try to fashion my approach to working on stuff with so like this project that i'm about to be working on i'm not about to be doing it by myself i'm actually going to be like getting a whole bunch of other artists and producers that i know that um i can kind of like pull their skills and get them blended together so that I think is going to be the end of episode three. We're gonna call this episode "Things That Aren't Flamingos." No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you, have to, you have to listen to the uh, second episode to even get that reference. But um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna probably talk about where I'm. We'll figure out a name. But anyways, thanks for listening. Um, something that we haven't been doing up to this point is promoting our social media, which we do have. So make sure you like us on. I was about to say Facebook. We don't have a Facebook yet. Instagram, no. Twitter. Uh, did you ever get the website? No, I'll get that up later. Okay, whatever. I got I got busy. Oh, uh, no, that's cool. Uh, website coming soon. Uh, Facebook coming soon. And if you have anything, if you have any comments on Problematic Artist, let us Maybe know. Maybe we'll be live streaming yeah, one of these episodes. We're going to figure it out. I've been sitting here racking my brain trying to figure out how to make it work. And eventually we'll do it's going to happen. Or Google Hangouts or something, but yeah, we'll do thirty-two person FaceTime. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about, man. Ah, I really wanted it's to like, talk about this Apple, this WWDC. Well, well, I have so many thoughts. We'll have to do it. Uh, it'll yeah, be the next episode. I know. Yeah, we'll do a micro micro episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. So thanks for listening and. Catch us next week, probably in between that, with a micro episode, either a review or a WWDC review. Either a solo review or WWDC. One or the other, or both. You'll know when you see them. All right, so thanks for listening. See you later. Peace.